Welcome to Victory Today. I trust that you're having a great week and you're ready to be encouraged by the Word of God. You know, recently we've been talking about what changed when we came to faith in Jesus and what didn't change. We've been looking at the relationship between spirit and soul and body, and we talked about the fact that if you're going to run your race, finish your course and keep the faith, you've got to take good care of your body. You've got to honor God with it. You've got to bring your body and your soul under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can't afford to be head-led. You can't afford to be led by your feelings or led by your body. Why not? Well, because, friend, you, the Bible says, are a brand new creation. Amen? You are not to live according to the flesh any longer, but according to the Spirit. We saw last time that you are not your own, that you've been bought with a price, and that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we said, that's not about denying the fact that you have a physical body, that you have emotions and feelings and a natural mind. We we don't deny those things. It's about submitting them to our born-again spirit, which is led by the Holy Spirit, okay? So we don't deny the fact that we are physical beings, that we have emotions and feelings and a natural mind, but we bring those things under our born-again spirit that's led by the Holy Spirit. Because the more that we do that, the more we learn to live according to the spirit and not the flesh, the more victory we start to enjoy. Now, as I told you last time, this is a day by day. Sometimes, friend, it's a moment by moment thing. Okay, when we have depended on our natural senses exclusively for decades, it does take time. It does take the renewing of our minds to the Word of God for our default position to change. And so let's just understand it's a process. Even though we know what the Word of God says, it can be difficult to reject the messages your body is telling you and do something different. It's, it can be hard at times to quieten your racing mind when there's a whole lot of thoughts and ideas and particularly worrisome or stressful thoughts that come into your mind. It's hard to quieten your mind at that moment. It's hard to stop when fear is coming and anxiety is coming and believe what God says, especially when everything that you're experiencing in your natural senses are telling you something different than what the Word says. And, you know, as I've thought about that in my own life and the lives of others that I've ministered to, this is the most challenging of all when you get hit by a storm in life, right? When, when things in our lives get hit with unexpected issues and problems and challenges. See, it's easy to deny the flesh and to walk in the spirit on Sunday at 10 o'clock in, when we're in church, right? It's easy to deny the flesh and walk in the Spirit when everything's going great. But it's not so easy in the face of a bad report or a financial crisis. No, when you get hit out of nowhere by the storm, that temptation is overwhelming sometimes to throw everything that you've been working on out the window and to default back to your natural position. 
right? Which is being led by the flesh. I've seen that happen countless times in people's lives. They were growing in their faith. They were learning to walk according to the spirit. They were denying the flesh, doing really well, seeing God move in and through them. And then all of a sudden, life threw them a curveball and everything suddenly went out the window because they panicked. They let go of their faith and things very quickly became bad and went from bad to worse. Now, we we shouldn't be surprised by that, friend, because we know already that the Word of God says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Remember that? Life and peace. And just to remind you again, carnal means according to the physical senses. Okay, it comes from the word carne, which means flesh or fleshly. And and yes, the Bible talks about carnality as sinning. But when it talks about being carnally minded, it's not exclusively talking about going out there and being focused on sin. No, it's describing someone who's being led by their senses. That's what it means to be carnally minded. It means to be led by your senses, that your focus is completely on how you feel, what you see, and what you're hearing. And we know that's dangerous because whatever we focus on in life gets bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger, particularly in the area of our mind, right? So when you're carnally minded... You're operating purely in the natural realm. You're ignoring the spiritual realities that are yours in Christ Jesus. Now, we'll dive deeper into that later. But my point here is that you can be doing great and walking in victory, but then get hit with an unexpected storm in your life or, or a series of storms. And if you are not prepared for them, if you don't know how to handle a storm by faith, What will happen? Well, you will default back to responding purely in natural ways. And so because of that, because that's a big practical thing that a lot of people are going through right now, we're going to spend some time together talking about the storms of life. So regardless of whether you're in the middle of one right now, or maybe there are some dark clouds on the horizon, or maybe for you, it's sunny and bright in your life right now. I think we can all learn to respond better to unexpected storms in our lives, because we need to know that how we react in that moment, when, when the bad report comes, or, or maybe it's the late night phone call, or, or something that was totally unexpected, when it seems like everything in life is falling apart, listen to me, friend, what you do next will very often set the tone for how you navigate that storm and whether you triumph over it or you become overwhelmed by it. Let me say that again. I'm saying to you that when you get a bad report, when that late night call comes in, when when it seems like, you know, everything's falling apart financially or relationally or you, you just get hit with storms, it's in that moment what you do next is very often going to set the tone for how you're going to navigate the entirety of that storm and whether you triumph over it or whether you get wiped out by it. Now, as I'm preparing this little message for you, the skies outside are black. They're heavy with rain. Now, the storm hasn't yet hit, but according to the forecast, it's coming later today and it's coming with damaging winds and lots of rain. 
And so if I was a smart person, today wouldn't be a good day to put the washing out, right? So I haven't done that. I would be wasting my time if I was to stop recording this message and go out and wash the car. And I'd be stupid this afternoon to go, uh, you know, for a big long walk unless I had a really good umbrella or a big jacket. I would hold off doing those things until the storm had passed, right? Because I can see on my weather app that a big storm is coming. And so, of course, I can respond to that. But what about the storms of life that we never see coming? What about the ones that just take us by surprise? You know, in our own lives, just in the last few months, we have been hit by a whole bunch of really nasty storms and we never saw any of them coming. And it was just when we felt like things were settling down, everything was getting back to normal. Something else rose up. Something else came against us. (laughs) I mean, it's been absolutely crazy. And those are the kind of storms that I want us to talk about. The ones that you never see coming. The ones that you aren't expecting. So you can prepare for one that you can see coming from a mile away. But I'm talking about the ones that just roll in out of nowhere on a perfectly sunny day. Now, where that happens, you know, around here in Australia, you would know if you're from here, it's the summer storms. Not so much in the winter. It's the summer storms that end up causing the most damage. You know, beautiful sunny day and then the dark clouds come in and the wind picks up and it's crazy and it's like unexpected. Now, why do they cause the most damage? Well, because they're sudden and they're unexpected and people aren't prepared. But more to the point, because the ground is so dry that the water can't contain it. It can't hold it. Um, And so it causes major, major flooding. The ground can't hold the, the saturation that's coming. And so there's often flooding in a summer storm because it's unexpected, right? So I want to talk about that because when it comes to the storms in our lives, listen to me now. It is the ones that we never saw coming that have the potential to cause us to freak out and cast off our faith and operate 100% in the natural. That's why we're talking about this, because all of us are going to face storms in our lives. Doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Doesn't matter how much of the Bible you can quote. While you are living down here on planet Earth, friend, you are going to be hit by unexpected storms. Why? Why, Andrew, as a Christian, do I have to go through storms? Well, let's think about that. Firstly, because we live in a world that's been corrupted by sin. Amen? That shouldn't be a surprise to you if you've opened the Bible, because we live in a, in a world that's been corrupted by sin. Second reason, because the God of this world, the devil, we know he's on a mission to steal, kill and destroy. We have a spiritual enemy who's out to, you know, do all he can to mess with us. So that's the second reason. Third reason is because a whole lot of people today are being led by the enemy and influenced to do all kinds of terrible things, Right. Now, you know, we we can do certain things in our own um, looking after ourselves and making sure that we're operating according to the word of God, but we can't control a whole bunch of crazy people out there that being led by evil spirits and influenced to do all kinds of terrible things. We can't control them. And we happen to live in a world that's filled with people who are being led incorrectly. 
That's the third reason. Fourth reason is because, sad to say, we often do allow things into our lives that lead to pain and destruction and harm. Okay? So, let's agree that although we can absolutely live in such a way where we prevent access to the enemy and that we can keep from doing things that will cause us pain and we can enjoy the divine protection of God, the truth is we don't always get it right and we can't control what other people do. Okay, I'm saying today we can't expect to live a storm-free life. Doesn't matter how much, friend, you love God. Doesn't matter how much you seek to live for him. We can't expect to live a storm-free life. Jesus told us that. Remember Matthew 7? He was talking about the man who wisely built his house upon a solid, rocky foundation. Well, then he contrasted it with another guy who built upon the sand. Now, if you think about that illustration, no doubt the guy who built on the sand, man, he incurred way less cost by building that cheap way. No doubt he had that house built really quickly. Maybe once it was done, he just sat there on the front deck in a comfortable chair, having a drink, laughing at his neighbor. You know, that guy's out there pounding into the bedrock, driving the foundation deep. And yet he's sitting there enjoying the house. It's all done. I mean, while the sun was shining... The guy who built his house upon the sand, man, he was way ahead. He was way ahead in monetary terms, in bragging rights and pain. I mean, think about it. He, he probably had way less blisters and aches and pains because he just threw the thing together, right? But Jesus said the most important thing wasn't any of that stuff, but it was how those two houses stood up to the storms of life. Because as I said, if there's one thing you can count on in life... It's storms. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says exactly the same thing for both houses. He says, and the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Friend, Jesus said that about the house on the rock, but he said it again also for the house upon the sand. Now, think about that. Why did he do that? Why didn't he just say, and the storm came against the two houses? I think he repeated it because he wanted to emphasize the point that regardless of who you are or what you have or what your bank balance looks like, you can count on the fact that storms are going to come. They come to us all. Okay? As I said before, we have a spiritual enemy. Jesus said in John 10.10 that our enemy is focused on doing three things over and over and over. He's not that smart and he's pretty predictable, but he comes to steal, kill and destroy. He works with what he's seen work in the past. And so whenever you see anything to do with stealing, killing and destroying in your life, in your business, in your family, in your finances, you can be sure that the devil's behind it. Okay, so when it comes to storms of life, unexpected, violent, tragic events, something that comes out of nowhere and tries to steal your peace, you can know, friend, that that is not coming from God. It's coming from the one who's committed in these last days to doing all that he can to steal, kill, and destroy. And so Jesus says that both of the houses experienced that storm the one built on the sand 
and the house that was built on the rock. Listen to it again. He said, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. Each one, the good one and the dodgy one, they each experienced the same storm. And that is important to see. I'm saying that what came against the guy who dug a deep foundation was, friend, no different than what came against the guy who threw his house up in three minutes. The severity of the storm was the same. The intensity was the same. The roar of the wind, the surge of the waves, the rushing flood, they were the same for both houses. So please, please hear me when I say today, that you can't expect to live a storm-free life, okay? Christians get so confused about this. Just because you love God and choose to live for Him does not guarantee that it will be smooth sailing all of the time. Storms are going to come. So, rather than being blindsided by them, Let's prepare for them now. Amen. That's the wise thing to do. And let's understand that 99% of the time, the one behind the storms of life is our spiritual enemy, the devil. Now, I say 99% of the time because, like I said earlier, if you disobey God and go your own way and mess around in a bunch of things that you shouldn't, you can create storms in your relationships. You can create storms in your finances, in your life. But if you're living for God, if you're obeying His Word, standing on the truth, and a storm then comes against you, you can be sure that it is not coming from God because he, friend, is not the author of storms. You can know that you know that you know. If you're doing the right thing, it's not from you and it's not from God. It's coming from your spiritual enemy. And you can also know that the enemy's purpose in sending this storm, and we'll talk about this more later, but he's got an agenda. He's got a purpose in sending you the storm. What's his purpose? Friend, it is to get you to fear. He wants you to operate according to your natural senses and become afraid so that you'll let go of your faith. And in doing so, you'll be operating purely in the natural. And you'll miss the supernatural power, the supernatural provision that God has made available to you. Don't forget, without faith, what does the Bible say? It's impossible to please God. But we also know that without faith, it's impossible to receive from God. So let me make this point and we'll go further next time. What I want you to get today is that being hit by a storm in your life does not mean that you missed God, okay? Facing unexpected storms in your life, friend, does not mean that you missed God or that you're doing something wrong. And I say that because I hear people all the time talking like that. You know, they'll, they'll step out by faith and then they get hit by this storm. You know, they've just, they've said, all right, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. And they step out and five minutes later, they get hit with a storm, some kind of opposition, challenge, difficulty. And then immediately they will shrink back and they'll say, oh, this can't be God. I must have heard wrong. No, being hit by a storm does not mean that you missed God. In fact, it's often an indicator that you're on absolutely the right track. You need to stay in faith and keep going. 
See, here's the thing. When God's told you to do something, friend, the enemy is never just going to sit by and let you receive it, achieve it, and impact the world for Jesus. He's never going to do that. He's going to try to stop you. Okay? Now, if you will do what we're going to learn in these messages, the enemy, he can throw whatever he likes at you. But none of it is going to move you. And more importantly, so long as you refuse to quit and refuse to let go of your faith, I'm here to tell you that the devil is powerless to prevent what God has said is coming to pass in your life. Isn't that good news? If you, friend, will just stay in faith and refuse to entertain those doubts and those fears and those unbeliefs, if you'll just stay in faith, I'm here to tell you the enemy is powerless to stop what God has said, what he's declared over your life. The enemy cannot stop that from coming to pass. So, Don't let the waves unsettle you. Don't let the wind freak you out. Don't let the storms move you. You just keep doing what he's told you to do and you will be okay. You will have victory over that storm. Stay in faith. Stay in the word. Refuse to be led by your emotions and allow your spirit in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to steer your life to safety. And we will talk much more about how to do that next time. So God bless. Have an awesome week. And I'll talk to you again really soon.